Hello and welcome back. Well, welcome for the first time to the Good of Being Green podcast. Um, I'm so excited to have you guys here. This is a very exciting kind of new journey for us to take. Um, and I'm excited to take it kind of together with you, kind of figuring it out as we go. Um, so I'm just going to explain a little bit why I decided to switch to a podcast instead of the usual blog um, I would do. Um, I kind of wanted to reach a younger audience and the audience more my age. I'm 15 and I know a lot of people uh, in my age group aren't really drawn to reading article-like format blogs. Um, So I decided, wouldn't it be more fun and kind of add my personality behind it to kind of make this podcast that makes it more of a conversation about sustainability and it's just a different way to educate. So I'm really excited to get started. Please be patient with me as I'm figuring out all of the different podcast things. Um, I'm figuring out how equipment works and how audio works and all of those different things. Um, I'm currently filming right now and I'm going to be putting this up on YouTube as well. So hi everyone to who can see my beautiful room. I'm getting it kind of revamped and I'm very excited. So if you get to see my room, that's really cool and I'm very excited to have you here. Um, If not, well, welcome to Spotify or any kind of app that you use, Apple Podcasts, um, podbean.com. I am kind of figuring out how everything goes and I'm really excited to get started. Um, So these podcasts are going to be about 10 to 15 minutes and they're just going to be kind of an intro where I'm able to talk a little bit about my day and how life's been going and um, you know we're just going to add in some more segments as we go along. Um, I am thinking about writing an accompanying blog post with it just for the people who do like the article format blogs. They will be much shorter than before and just kind of a brief description almost but they will be something that can kind of have that journalism aspect to it if you guys like that as well. Uh, And fret not, I'm going to be doing monthly vlogs as well. Um, So I'm actually working on my vlog. I know I skipped this month. Um, It was a really crazy month to start this um, video and so I just decided to postpone it until next month and so we're going to be doing that still. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, We're going to be having some special podcasts where I get to interview people and it'll be a little on the longer side. Um, If you're used to podcasts and you listen to them a lot, you'll know that they're about 35 to 40 minutes long. Um, So I will have some of those that are going to be longer. Um, But for now, I know that I usually only have 10 to 15 minutes in the day where I want to, you know, kind of educate myself or learn something new or interesting. So I decided that that's the best option for now. Um, before we get into the topic I wanted to talk about today, I do want to just um, discuss something that is really important to me, and I think if this platform grows anymore, I really want to make this something that's a usual thing that I discuss on this podcast um, and just on my platform. Um, uh, as most of you know, um, I think it was about two weeks ago, um, Jacob Blake Uh, got shot seven times in the back in Kenosha and it was very heartbreaking to hear he is alive and he is you know trying to heal but they don't know if he's going to walk again and it is very very scary to know that this is still happening in 2020 and there's been a lot of a lot of tension and a lot of heartbreak and I think everything is rightfully um, with all of that tension Um, But I just wanted to kind of talk about uh, 
there's things that you can do. It may seem like you're helpless, or if you don't live in Kenosha, then how are you supposed to help? If you don't have money, how are you supposed to do something instead of donate? There's tons of things you can do. Sign petitions, look everything up, educate yourself, figure out ways to contact them. I'm going to be putting down all of the contact information to the Kenosha City officials um, down in the descriptions in every platform that I'm using. Um, I have called them and I've been left on voicemail, been on hold. Um, just there's, they're obviously their lines are very busy, um, but it's worth it. Put a voicemail in, um, they have to document your call. And if you have social anxiety like me and are scared to talk to people, um, write down a script. Um, you can look it up. I, there's actually a really great site. I will also put this down in the description. Um, but you, I wrote down a whole paragraph just talking about what I wanted to, what I wanted to be done, and how I wanted to demand justice. And um, I just basically wanted to call everyone to action. And that's exactly what we need to do. And I really think this is a beautiful way to come together um, in such a trying time. Uh, so please, if you ever have the time, I know it's only, it's been a couple weeks, but no, nonetheless, it's still, there's still no justice being, being sought or being uh, pursued. So I think that no matter what, you still have to fit, jam those phone lines. You have to get the message through. Um, so just make sure to be doing that. Um, signing petitions, donating if you have the money. If not, finding up ways to fundraise, just doing what you can. It's really, really important and it does make a difference. Um, so we just need to make sure to have that hope in this time. Um, so I just wanted to address that, but I will be putting everything in the description below, so make sure to check that out. Um, for me, school is back in person, so it's been really hectic going back to school. Everything with COVID happening, you know, it's it's difficult to make that transition, especially when you haven't been back to school in like six months. Um, so it's been a stressful and scary time, but, you know, it's very exciting to go and see all of your friends and to kind of just be able to see school again. Um, but one thing I have noticed over quarantine, my school wears uniforms. So I really, we, a lot of my friends and a lot of people at the school, we don't really see them in fashionable clothes. But over quarantine, as you know, people started to post more and we got to see them socially distant, um, you saw that a lot of people were wearing awesome clothes and they were really changing up their fashion. Um, and so it was really exciting and they were able to, you know, get what they liked. And I even did some online orders where I picked them up from the store and they handed them out to me at my car. And it's really exciting and you get something new. Um, so that's been a thing that's been happening a lot. And it got me thinking um, about something I heard, like I think a year ago. Um, and I've known because if, of thrift shopping, I've started to thrift shop a lot, but I know that getting clothes from like high-end brands or just from big companies um, can be ethically and also just sustainably bad, um, but a lot of people don't know the reason why. Um, there's been a lot of talk, I think, that a lot of people are aware about, about the fashion industry um, being this kind of I guess, whole of pollu pollution. And it's actually the second um, pollution, like polluter in the world, um, right behind oil, which kind of shows you how big and how bad this issue is, right? So I think it's really important to kind of, a lot of people don't know why. Why is it so bad? What makes the fashion industry so 
polluted and so wasteful. Um, so there's a lot of things and I'm going to be going over two today and then tomorrow or not tomorrow, uh, next week, my next podcast is going to be a kind of a part two to this. Um, so we're going to be talking about the, um, how you can be sustainable and how you can still enjoy fashion and, uh, appreciate it and have, you know, a good time buying clothes and not feeling like you're doing something morally wrong or just feeling that, you know, you're putting something wasteful out into the world. Um, so we're going to be talking about how you do your part next week. Um, but this week we're going to kind of just work on uncovering the truth. Um, so let's get on into it. So I think a lot of people have kind of known this, um, but it may not be that well known. Um, in 2018, a British high-end brand called Burberry, um, it burned 28 million pounds, and pounds is in money, so that's the amount of money that, they, that, that the clothes were worth, um, worth of clothes and perfume, and they completely destroyed all of them, and they were brand new. Um, and so it was a huge like leak on, I think, Twitter, and a lot of people got really angry, um, and the main question they had was why? Why would you ever burn brand new clothes? What's, what's in it for them, right? Um, so this is actually something that's a very common practice for many brands and companies out there, especially in the fashion industry. So what they would do is instead of marking down old products from like an old line, especially high-end like Louis Vuitton, Gucci, they all have those lines that come out. Um, but when they're done with the line and they have a surplus of clothes, instead of donating them to, you know, a place in need or people who need the clothes or marking them off like a clearance section, they just burn them because they don't want that. It could, they think it could hurt their like high end kind of company's image of being exclusive and in demand. And it ruins the exclusivity of the product, um, because if it's in a TJ Maxx, someone could get it for 20 bucks and be looking like a million, quite literally, and they could, you know, be working at a minimum wage job. Um, and so I think we can all say that that's kind of snobby, but it, for, for them it makes sense. Um, apparently it's, it's important to, I guess, kind of have that. Some brands actually argue that um, their incineration process generates energy and so it's actually good and it's okay. Um, but I mean, this uh, another person argued, I'm going to put the article down below, but in this article they argue that parts of the clothes are synthetic or plastic and while they can burn, they don't turn to ash, so that doesn't generate the energy that like is needed um, and it doesn't generate that like carbon that we could have used and um, it's also using way more energy to burn them than they are actually like harnessing. Um, so really that whole point is completely down the drain. Um, and they burn, they don't even burn just brand new like clothes. That's just the tip of the iceberg. They burn scraps and mistakes and, you know, bad dye, like if, if they were mistakenly dyed or it just didn't come out right or like a stitch got like sewn wrong, they will literally throw out the entire piece of clothing. And it's just so, it's so terrible. The tons and tons of waste they use um, and they just kind of, they burn and it, it only, it really does nothing for the environment but harm it. 
Um, and that's one of the reasons, uh, one of the many, many reasons why it's one of the, it's number two in all of the polluters in the, in the world. I mean, you can just say that and kind of just think, wow, but actually think about it. Think about everything that like is a pollution, like based thing that really creates that much waste. That's number two, like uh, besides oil, which you always see oil as the number one. And I think just if the fact that it's right behind oil and that we really aren't aware and it's something that we just completely disregard is really crazy to me. Um, and it's not just high-end stores. If you're thinking, well, you know, at least I shop at like H&M or something that, you know, is cheaper and maybe they do better. Um, H&M burned 60 tons of new clothes from 2013 and onward. Um, I think from 2013 to 2018, that's when the article was written. Um, I, Richemont destroyed $563 million worth of watches in 2018. And the whole, the worst part about burning clothes is that 60% of fiber markets right now are polyester. You'll see that on the back of your clothing a lot. Polyester comes from oil. So they're essentially burning like second degree oil almost. And that releases lots of like pollution. And then they also have chemicals and finishings from the dyeing of the clothes that gets released into the air when burned. And so everything is just polluted and there's really no, it's all harm and no benefits. The only people that are benefiting is the company because they're not having to cut prices down. Um, and it's not just, you know, a couple brands. Urban Outfitters, Walmart, Michael Kors, Victoria's Secret, JCPenney, Nike, they've all done this before and they've all had records of it. Um, and they, oftentimes they don't, they don't um, have to say that they're, you know, um, they're burning clothes. Uh, it's really, it's not like a legal thing like the FDA. Um, so that's, that's another issue. Um, but with that, with all of the synthetic and polyester and all of those kind of chemical products, um, that's actually called fast fashion. And fast fashion is something that a lot of people are aware of, but they don't realize that it's actually worse and more harmful than it is with the advantages. So it's basically a business model that uses cheap materials and labor to churn out clothing collections at a rapid pace. So it's trendy, cheap clothing that can go from a runway to selling a, like a, an actual garment online, like overnight. And um, it's because they're mass produced and cheaply made. Um, so it's not only like kind of bad for you because of the amount of chemicals made in it, but it's, it uses cheap toxic te and textile dyes, like large textile wastes um, as more clothes are mass produ produced since they're only trends for a couple months because the trends cycle really fast now because of fast fashion. Um, since they only trend for a couple months, they're thrown out like customers will throw them out and so will companies. And so that creates more and more waste and the issue of like burning them. Um, but they can also just end up in landfills and they'll take years and years to decay and to break down. Um, another thing that isn't even really about environment, but just about hu like being a humanist, labor there is poorly treated in textile mills. Um, so they have no rights or protections most of the time. One in six people work in a garment industry and 80% of them are women. 
which 2% earn a living wage. That's insane. And they, I mean, it's, it's like the, what you learned in school what, before all the unions happened. It's that bad. Um, and so there's all of those industries that are really harmful to not only the environment, but to actual human beings. Um, 700 gallons of water uh, is used to make one cotton shirt. And 80, it takes 80 years for clothes to break down completely. And the fashion industry produces 10% of the world's emission. It's, I, it's insane. I, I had no idea how bad it was when I was researching. I really thought it was just some companies burned some clothes, but here's a way that you can make it sustainable. But it's so much worse, you know? And it really, it seems really hopeless, but don't worry, we will get there. Uh, I'm running out of time, but we will get there and we will be able to talk about um, how we can be better and how we can be more aware. Um, so I have to end there because I'm already a little bit over time than I said it would be. Um, but I'm so glad you guys were able to join me for this podcast. Um, so part two is coming soon, how to be sustainable in the fashion industry. And I'm so excited to start this new journey with you guys. Um, make sure to follow me on Spotify, on podbean.com and all the other podcast providers out there. I will hopefully be on all of them. Uh, if I'm not, uh, you can always DM me on Instagram at the good of being green. And so make sure to follow us there. And check the description for all of the articles that I read and that I've sourced. Um, really great informational articles that if you have time to read it, I highly recommend because there are some details that I haven't been able to go over. Um, Kenosha City officials' contact information will be down there. Petitions to sign, donation links. Um, and until next time, keep on seeing the good of being green. Love now.